With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Show me what you got, got This got, is the Rich Eisen Show. I can't remember the last time the Jets were, what's the word for it? Competent. With the fourth pick. Overly competent at this. With the 10th pick. With the 26th pick. The New York Jets select. Jets had a great draft. Holy crap, did they have a great draft. Oh my God, they had a great draft. It was incredible. Oh my God. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah, ESPN NFL analyst Robert Griffin III, still to come, Commander's head coach Ron Rivera, plus renowned author Don Winslow. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on the air Tuesday after NFL Draft Weekend, Tuesday of two big game twos in the NBA playoffs tonight. The Celtics trying to even the score with the Bucks and the Grizz trying to do that with the Warriors after dropping games one from both of their series at home. Uh, we already had a great chat with none other than Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague from the NFL Network, uh, draft expert, if you will. And also uh, Robert Griffin III, who ran a 4-4-8-40 for Run Rich Run this year in support of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And he said that that run, when it aired on Saturday on NFL Network's draft coverage, his phone blew up not only from people saying, man, you're still fast, but NFL teams who are interested in him. And uh, even though he's loving what he's doing with ESPN right now, he would absolutely entertain a return to the NFL at age 32. That's what he said in hour number two. Uh, and joining us here to kick off hour number three is somebody uh, whose organization drafted RG3 many moons ago and who also uh, has donated his time and generous generosity, he and his wife, towards St. Jude Children's Research Hospital for Run Rich Run. He is the head coach of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, here on the program. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing great, Rich. How are things? I'm doing great. Better for talking to you. Um, how are you feeling? How's life? <laughs> feeling, feeling good. Thank you. Everybody's doing real well and uh, pretty excited, you know, as we uh, we continue the rest of this offseason program. Okay, so let's just jump uh, right into it here. Um, and I'll start with your, your uh, team's decision in the first round of the draft. Uh, trade out of 17 down to 16, and you wound up with Jahan Dotson of Penn State. What was the uh, thinking uh, about dropping down for that? Well, a couple things was, uh, obviously, to get a couple of extra picks. You know, to, to, to move from 11 to 16, we knew there was value, and, and we knew we could, we could make a move that, that would help us. Secondly, you know, we had a good stack of players that, that were available. One of the guys in that, in that group was Jahan, who, who we felt very, very good about. Uh, we felt so good about him that – we didn't bring him in on a 30 visit just because we felt we knew enough about him mm. that, that he was the kind of guy that we had hoped to, to get a chance at, and sure enough, we did. So when you you 
don't bring somebody in on a visit. What, what, why? Is that because you might uh, um, signal an intention that you don't want yeah. signal, kind of keep it under the radar? Is that you specifically yeah. do that? You know, he was a guy we didn't have uh, really any questions on. You know, we, we had uh, we had over six six of our personnel there for his pro day. Mm-hmm. You know, they did a lot of background on him while they were there. They've done we've done a lot of background on him throughout, and uh, just felt that this was a guy we 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 didn't have any questions on, so we didn't want to you know raise any flags as far as he was concerned. So. We opted not to bring him in. Well, we spoke to James Franklin uh, about a week ago, and he said he's one of the most talented guys he's ever been around, and he started talking about guys that he was around when he was a receiver coach for Green Bay back in the mid-aughts, as well as you know Godwin and others who have come through his midst. He, 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 he talked Dotson up through the roof, Coach. Yeah, and, you know, and that was one of the things that, that stood out was the number of people that were willing to talk to him and, and – and, uh, talk about them and, uh, you know, with the glowing reviews that we got. So we just felt, like I said, we just didn't need to, to go out and dive any further or draw any more attention to a young man like that. So that said, Coach, um, when you trade away the uh, the 11th overall selection to New Orleans and they draft Chris Olave, did at any point in time you look down at your phone to see if Terry McLaurin was texting you saying, what's up with that? You know, you had a chance <laughs> to get him a fellow Buckeye and that didn't happen? Coach? No, it didn't. But you know, okay. Terry. You know, we we did talk to Terry about about Chris, and uh-huh. and, and um, he was very, you know, he was very very positive about it. He t- we talked to him about Garrett as well, and he he you know spoke highly of both those young men, and, and they were guys that were on our radar, and they were guys that were part of our stack. So, you know, when when you're in the position we were, and you had guys that were still available, we felt it was it was a good shot or a good risk to take, and, and we were very comfortable with our decision. No, and and I I don't mean that as a shot at Dotson. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? It's just like oh, I know. No, I, I agree. I was, I was just I was just making the point that we had a number of quality guys that, you know, we, we didn't feel we would go wrong with any of them. Ron Rivera for the Washington Commanders here on the Rich Eisen Show. So let's talk about Sam Howell. Um, top of day three, there you are, and you just jumped right on him. Uh, were you surprised that he was there still yes. for you? To be, to be up front, yes, we did. We actually had a, a pretty high grade on him. He was one of the quarterbacks that we really liked, and if, I think if we had still been in the quarterback derby, he might have been a guy that we targeted. Um, we, we felt really comfortable about drafting a the guy there and tell them, hey, look, this is an opportunity to come in, no pressure to play right away so you can develop and grow, and who knows, you know, down the line at some point you're going to get that opportunity. But right now we feel very good with Carson. We feel very good with Taylor as our two quarterbacks. Well, the conversation about Howell going into the draft was, was a, a fascinating one because of where he was evaluated by the talent evaluation community going into his final season at North Carolina and potentially first quarterback off the board if this draft was held Labor Day. But here we are now um, in uh, May, um, and he comes off the board in a fifth-round selection because of the way things went in his final year at North Carolina. What's your evaluation uh, of of Sam Howell based on what we were conversing about going in? What was interesting was, um, you know, last year we, we looked at both running backs and we looked at De'Ami Brown as, as potentials for us. Right. And so we really broke those guys down. Well, the one common thread, obviously, was Sam. And we really felt that, man, this dude was going to probably be one of the top prospects coming out based on 2020. And then when you take a step back and realize that, hey, three of his offensive linemen guys were gone, tight end was gone, um, two receivers, two backs. I mean, guys that, that were part of him having this, this great year were gone. So then going into 2021, basically a new offensive line, new skill positions, new backs, for the most part, 
This is a guy that, you know, still threw for over 3,000 yards, rushed for over 1,000, accounted for over 30 touchdowns, and, and, and fell like he did. It was a surprise, and, and we just felt we couldn't pass up the value there. And it's kind of interesting because we just spoke, Coach, about uh, Dotson being drafted in the 16th overall spot in a pick that you got from New Orleans, which is a pick that New Orleans got from Philadelphia, which Philadelphia got from Indianapolis in a Carson Wentz trade. And so isn't that interesting that (laughs) that's how you wind up drafting uh, a, a weapon for Wentz is using a pick (laughs) and uh, with that history to it. Um, What's your sense of Carson Wentz right now, coach? It's been all positive. You know, the one thing that we were really, we were really pleased to see was, the reaction of his teammates uh, in Indianapolis when he was traded to us. I mean, when you talk about, you know, three of their their star players just come out and, you know, T.Y. Hilton saying what he said and Taylor saying what he said and, and um, you know, their linebacker, I'm drawing a blank, I apologize, but, you know. You're Darius Leonard. Those guys, yes, all those guys come out saying, man, this this is a, been a this guy was a good teammate. This guy was a guy that pulled us together. This was a guy that, you know, helped us, you know, get where we are or, or headed towards you know, you feel positive about that. You really do. And, and, and it's an exciting thing to, to hear that, that, that his teammates spoke of him in that, in that fashion. So that was really cool. So I, I guess the, the, the sense, again, that's being discussed about Carson Wentz, I'd love to just put in front of you to, you know, uh, co- uh, converse on or refute, is, again, as you point out, when I asked you about your sense, you mentioned about his teammates elsewhere, is that not one but two organizations have sent Carson elsewhere after having him and at a cost to to them you know financially right. in picks in philadelphia and then yep. in picks from indianapolis there's no concern from you on that front bringing carson no. in coach no to be honest with you, there is because you know the one thing i do look at the fact that at one point he was 11 and 2 and, and unfortunately hurt his knee um a year where he was talked about in in the mvp conversation and so you know there's a lot of things that go into play a lot of things happen but to us, this was a positive. I mean, we were looking for a guy of his stature with his kind of abilities. So to be able to pick him up and you know make the deal for him, we feel very positive about that. Okay. So uh, how will the quarterback um, room go? And the, is there a competition at this position, or it's Wentz and, no. and then after that? There's no competition. Yeah. No, it's, it's Wentz and then it's Taylor. And, you know, and then obviously, as I said, there's no pressure on the young guy to develop or grow right away or immediately, uh, although I know he will try and he'll work hard because that's who Sam Howell is. But, again, we feel very positive, very comfortable in who Carson is for us going forward. Coach, appreciate the time. And uh, once again, um, you know, your, your largesse and your, um, you know, uh, support of uh, my run, I, I greatly appreciate it. And, um, and I send my best to you. Thank you that i appreciate it rich take care now you got it that's ron rivera washington commanders head coach right here on the rich eisen show so you know, all you heard is terry mclaurin wants another weapon and there was olave sitting there on the board and they flip out and olave gets chosen and so i'm sure those five picks he was just sitting there what are we going to do dotson is really good mm-hmm. dotson is really good but again it's quarterback driven league folks Quarterback-driven league, and the one thing we heard at the Combine, and that's not the Royal We, it's me and Daniel Jeremiah and everybody else on the NFL Network, and the sense that we got was Carson Wentz was out of Indianapolis come you-know-what or high water. That was it. 
when we asked Frank Reich about Carson Wentz on the final day of the NFL scouting combine, the Sunday before um, we all left to start the new league year just a week later, asked him about Carson Wentz, and his answer was at the time when we acquired him, we thought it was the right thing to do. That's what he said about his quarterback. Joe Banner, right, former Eagles executive, said that's now not one but two teams that sent him packing and at at a detriment to their bottom line. Yeah. Third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. Is that, like, this is it. I don't know. Right? Yeah. This is it. Yeah, this is it. I don't know what it is. I mean. They have a good team. But he did. Washington just, is If you notice his point, his, his first answer was what we liked when we traded for him was seeing his teammates saying, great job, Carson. See you, you know, right. good luck to you down the road. Maybe they were happy to see him go. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> I don't know. You know? It's weird. I don't know what is going on with that. Because he watched, you know, the games. He does a lot of, man, that was dumb. And then, like, whoa, what a throw. Well, they didn't consider Baker Mayfield his first or second, by the way. Yeah. Because they, they were on Wentz before, and Wentz created that opportunity that Baker was supposed, was supposed to be all over there. And Sam Howell, you know, like, like you talked about, he was maybe the top quarterback. Daniel thinks that he you know, can. After he, last Daniel year. thinks that he can um, show and show like if Wentz gets hurt and he's got to go in there, that he can do it. I think we're going to see him play this year. You don't think they hit him with the Heineke first? You know what you got in him, though, right? You're not concerned, right, over there? About the Washington football team? It's the Commanders. The Washington football team. Uh, you know, I, I'm concerned about this Eagles draft, and I'm trying to talk myself into you're, it. Wasn't you're that right. good. Dallas Cowboys' greatest concern. There you go. Let's tweet yeah. that out. Oh, really? So what we're going to do? Yeah, sure. Why not? Dallas Cowboys' greatest concern. Which team? Yeah. I'd have to say the choice. Team is- choice choices are Eagles, uh-huh. Commanders, uh-huh. Giants, uh-huh. themselves. I was going to say that too. <laughs> themselves. <laughs> biggest concern. <laughs> I would say the team in Philadelphia. That's your poll, that's your poll oh, question. Right now. Eagles, Cowboys' greatest concern. Giants. In the NFC East. Commanders. Giants, Commanders, Eagles, themselves. Definitely. I think some, I think I think themselves wins by a wide margin. A wide margin. How so? <laughs> the coach <laughs> who called into this show and he's like, Yeah, that was kind of awkward with Dan Quinn. We had to come we had to have a conversation to say we're cool with this, right? Because and I got it. And then he speaks to Jerry Jones to say, "What? What? What? What are you talking about?" At the Senior Bowl, look, he was saying stuff, was scouting and things, saying stuff like, "You know, great coordinators stay here because they think they can be in line to be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys." That sort of stuff. <laughs> the way that the the season ended, that sort of stuff. So I mean, what's your the point? way that the way that Randy Gregory <laughs> says, "I'm coming back, but not." The way that Amari Cooper gets sent out and Cedric Wilson gets sent out, and you're wondering who's well, this kid from Tulsa? Like all of that, like how are we going to get better? And here comes a kid from Tulsa. Yeah, he could be great. I don't know, but that wasn't the question. Themselves. Micah Parsons suddenly <laughs> not knowing how to drop a puck. Oh, <laughs> well, that has nothing to do with his <laughs> Red vocation. Flag. Red flag. Red flag. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean the Philly man. They on paper they got. Significantly better. Yeah, better. Mm-hmm. But we're As gonna, they say in hockey, let's, let's do, do that, that hockey. hockey.
Uh, but, you know, we got to see. Always. You know, I, I, like you always say, you don't win anything in April. That's true. Super Bowl's not won the, the day Absolutely after the correct. draft or the week after the draft. And we still won, what, 13 games last if year. If Carson so. Wentz can actually play like the Carson Wentz who got hurt diving into the end zone in the L.A. Coliseum the year that they won it all, Mm-hmm. If that Carson Wentz shows up and the Carson Wentz that played between weeks three and 15 of You're this NFL season. You're oddly specific on all this, Well, man. because those are the, <laughs> that, I'm giving you the best of the Carson Wentz years. Well, like I said, if you got to break it down to like specific weeks and years, yeah. then you're not well, going to well, get what you're But that's the for. problem with you when you're trying to acquire Carson Wentz and say this is our championship quarterback. We're going to win a championship here. We're going to bring it home to Washington, D.C. where this franchise is all over the map. We're going to bring him in. He's going to be the calming influence on the field weeks one through 17. And then we're going to go on a deep run with Carson Wentz. This is going to be his spot finally after the revolving door that kept on kicking him out to different places. He's our guy. And so if that guy can show up Mm -hmm. and then the running game, right, shows up and McLaurin and what Curtis Samuel and Dotson. They still have Logan Thomas, right? The tight end whenever he's healthy and he's he, he started becoming a beast. He was beasting last year. Right? Yeah, a lot yeah, of ifs yeah. in that is all I'm And defensively, they start tightening up, and Chase Young doesn't get hurt. And that defensive line's no joke. I'm giving you the best of the Washington Commanders. Eagles definitely still, still scare you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Evan Neal comes and helps protect Daniel Jones. He starts blossoming because of the weapons they have around him, and Dable knows how to position him. What weapons did the Giants have on offense again? Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, whenever he's friggin' healthy, <laughs> Saquon Barkley, whenever he's friggin' healthy. Yeah, again, I'm more worried about the Philadelphia team. Does Kayvon Thibodeau play def- play offense? I don't know. Let's see. Let's hope not. He definitely won't. <laughs> it's going to come down to the Eagles and the Cowboys. At Rich Eisen Show poll question: Cowboys biggest threat in the NFC East. Greatest concern. In Greatest the NFC concern East. in the NFC East. They're fans. Should have had that one. No. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Mike, only four spots. <laughs> no, those here are the ones. That they're passively crying, Mike. They're no threat to you. That's true. I'm not even passively crying. I'm trying to give, like, uh, you know, no, real answers. No, talking about all those, that montage of fans that Stephen A. Smith threw in Michael Irvin's face. Oh, my God. Like I said, Stephen A. is the number one Cowboys fan you out there. You say montage, I say montage. <laughs> all right. He loves the Cowboys. Well done. A man who knows his words as well, the author Don Winslow, his new book, City on Fire. He's here in studio in person. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show with your phone calls and a news update to wrap the show up after him. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O. 
O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Thrilled to have here on the Rich Eisen Show in person uh, is one of the great authors and best-selling authors around. And his new book, City on Fire, is available wherever you get your books. This is the first novel in an epic new crime saga, which this man knows all about writing. And he is Don Winslow here on the Rich Eisen Show. What a pleasure to see you, sir. What a pleasure to be here. Thanks you're, for having you're me. You're in the middle of a worldwide tour right now. Are it's you crazy right now. I am. I think in the States, it's 23 cities in 22 days. Uh, and then a, a little gasping spell and then Europe. Yeah. Well, you're here in Los Angeles, where we are. Yep. Um, you just had a uh, an event with Michael Mann. Yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> let's get into this. I knew you'd sit up straight for that one. Whoa. That, that that guy is a huge Whoa. Heat fan heat. over there. As many. Uh, we other. talked a lot about Heat. Okay. Yesterday. So let's. How do you, how did you how do you know Michael Mann? How do you uh, through my agent and buddy Shane Salerno? Okay. Done a lot of things with Michael Mann, and then back in the day, uh, Michael was interested in a book of mine. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, called The Power of the Dog, not related to the current film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so I've, I've known Michael a bit on and off. You know, we've had great conversations about the mob in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was so much fun being with him yesterday. I bet. You know, I, I got him to talk about heat a lot. Uh, I got him to, to tell the origin of his marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it was a great time. He's a, he's a terrific guy. Now, you did you, again, I know this is not your project, but, I mean, you mentioned, like, Heat 2. There's, is there, yeah. Are heat, we getting another Heat here? Is that what's You're happening? getting a book. You're getting a novel, Heat 2, that takes place before and after the action in Heat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it describes a lot of the early years of those guys mm-hmm. and then some of what happens afterwards. And Michael co-wrote it with Meg Gardner, who's a you know, terrific But you have writer. nothing to do with it. I have nothing to do with it, just a friend, friend of the court. You just know? A, and, and a fan of, of... And a fan of, of Heat and of Michael's and of Meg, you know. So uh, it's a beautiful combination. Well, I follow you on Twitter, so I see, yeah. I see how you're, you're, you're selling your book or promoting it and mm-hmm. who you're, you're seeing. Um, I saw a photograph of you with Jeff Daniels. So yeah. you've, you've known him. Um, known him for a while. Jeff helped us with some of the political videos that we did. Right. Narrated them. Right. So. Liam Neeson, did you shout him out on your Twitter I account? I did. As Liam well? is uh, interested in doing a, a piece of mine. Bizarre, man, to, to turn on you know, your little Zoom thing on your laptop computer, right? Mm-hmm. And there's Liam freaking Neeson. <laughs> like that. You know, say, hey, Don, you know, how are you? I said, hello, Mr. Neeson. You know, he said, right. oh, no, no, it's Liam, you know, and, and uh, 
God, we ended up talking about a movie called Belfast quite a bit. And, sure, that's, yeah. that's recently yeah. uh, nominated yeah. for an Oscar. Yeah, okay. uh, and so, yeah, it's it's trippy. What know? is it like to have a, a work of yours made into a film, Don? I mean, how does that go it, about? It varies, Rich. Yeah. You know, it, it I know you've got a, history on uh, things get made, don't get made, oh, things like know, that. So. Most of them don't get made. I mean, the reality is, and mm-hmm. you know the reality, mm-hmm. You know, that so many strings have to come together mm-hmm. to get that made that they usually don't. But yeah, one of one, one, well, one of mine was made by Oliver Stone, a mm-hmm. film called, a book called Savages. Mm-hmm. Shane and I wrote the screenplay, and there was uh, another one called The Death of Life of Bobby Z, although Hollywood called it Bobby Z because Death and Life of was apparently <laughs> too complicated. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, that was made with, uh, sadly, the late Paul Walker, who's mm-hmm. another really good guy, and Olivia Wilde. What was it dealing with Stone? I know that might be, uh, <laughs> and you started laughing, but what was that like with uh, Oliver Stone? Making a movie with Oliver Stone is everything you think it is, <laughs> and a little more besides, and right. I think I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. And then, so your material, is it out of your hands the minute that it's put into no. somebody else? Or no. what, how does that work? Well, look, I mean, it varies. What I really want is a seat at the table, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, talk to me like a human being. Uh, I'm smart enough to know, and I've been around long enough to know that books and movies have different needs. They're, they're two different breeds of cat. Right. You know, so there are going to have to be changes made. But I want the changes justified. Mm-hmm. You know, and look, sometimes these guys come up with better ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, the people are doing a, a television series of these three big drug books I wrote. Right. And, and I read the scripts every draft and talk with the writers a lot. And at times he came up with ideas I wish I'd come up with for the books. No kidding. And I was a little jealous. I was a little irritated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Damn. Exactly. You know, sure. I, right. I should have thought of that. You know, and other times they do maybe goofy things. You know, they go off on tangents and you have to reel them in a little bit, you Mm -hmm. know, and say, hey, you know, I know you were enthused about that idea at the time, but I really thought it through. Life of a writer. No question about it. Don Winslow here on The Rich Eisen Show. Do you, when you are writing a book like City on Fire, do you think as you're writing it, a character, that this could be made into a film? Do you think that as you are writing? No. At all? At all. Not at all. Listen, I don't want to be disingenuous. Everything I've ever written Mm -hmm. has been optioned. For film or TV. Right. So I know that that's a probability. Right. But I have to forget about it. Do you know what I mean? I, otherwise, two bad things would happen. Mm-hmm. Right? There's only two options. I'd write a bad film treatment mm-hmm. or I'd write a bad novel. You know? Sure. Uh, and so I, I forget completely about the movies. I never think about actors. I never think about any of that. Just write my book. <laughs> And and I know that you are, um, you know, ha- have announced a retirement, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that here. But what is your process? I mean, how 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 do you do this? I'm sure so many people are trying to pick yeah. your brain so they could have similar success that what you've had in your career, Don. But you how, know, how do you go about? Rich, this? I'm afraid the answer is really boring, and it disappoints people. And it's going to disappoint <laughs> you. I'm just letting. Wow, what a windup! Right? Now here comes the pitch. Here's the undersell. Sure, I work. I. I show up at my desk at 5.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. and I leave it around 5.30 in the evening. At home, or do you have an office that you go uh, to? Both. I have a little office. We, we rented an old gas station. I live in a very tiny town uh, near San Diego, mm-hmm. up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. We rented an old gas station. My wife has half of it for her stuff. I have right. half of it for mine. It's literally a minute walk from the house, mm-hmm. you know, on a dirt road. So I work there. 
that's kind of it. I, I wish I had a more exciting answer. I've tried to think of one because mm-hmm. I cheerfully lie about it, you know, but it's not. It's There's no substitute for time. And but so you don't. I mean, what does a writer's block look like for you? What does that sort of thing look like? Do you I mean, have it? Never had it. Damn. Dumb. Never had it. Because Come on. you know what? It, you know what I think a writer's block is really. I think it's trying to write perfectly on a first draft, and so you lock up. You get scared, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not going perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. And so then people freak out, and they they seize up. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, I've written a couple of books now, right? Yes, you have. And so I kind of know, you know what I mean? If Tuesday morning doesn't go so great, right. Wednesday morning's probably going to be okay. You know, not, not to get nervous, not to get scared, and not to watch yourself writing. You, you can't sit on your own shoulder like Jiminy Cricket, mm-hmm. you know, or a parrot and, and kind of comment on what you're doing. You've got to stay inside of it, and sooner or later it'll break up. Don Winslow here on the Rich Eisen Show. City on Fire is about the criminal empires, two of them together um, in all of New England, right? Based in Rhode yeah, Island, which is where you're from. Island. Which yeah. is where you're from. Yeah. Um, how how do you know so much about this sort of subject matter, Don? How do you <laughs> grew study? up with it, Rich? You know, mm-hmm. um, I was a kid during the era of the mob wars in New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't in the mob. My family wasn't in the mob, but those guys were always around. They were always around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw them. You went to parties with them. You know, uh, when I was a kid, they, that was the guy at the end of the block, keeping an eye on things. You know, uh, every store you went into had vending machines because <laughs> that was the mob's business. Mm-hmm. You know, I swear to God, doctor's offices had vending machines. <laughs> you know, anybody. And so uh, these characters were so familiar to me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it really was kind of a homecoming writing this book. And then again, that's where all books are available right now. Uh, I've got Don Winslow here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's your favorite sports story? Book, movie? What do you think? What do you got for me on that front that you love of? It could be either any, any book that you've read or a, a movie that was made out of a book. I love Bull Durham. Okay. Love Bull Durham because it's a sports story without a climactic game. That's true. That's an interesting you know, way to look at it. It just sort of fades out right. in a really realistic and, I think, beautiful way. You know, and it's sure. funny and it's sharp, and, uh, and I love baseball. You know? uh, Miracle? Mirac- the thing that's amazing about Miracle, you're already shaking your head because you love it too, Chris. The thing that we love about Miracle is I'm on the edge of my seat, mm-hmm. and I know we beat the Russians. It's like, like Apollo 13. That's another perfect way to look at it, Don. You know Absolutely. they make it, and you're still, like, so tense. Yes. And, and the night that, 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 you know, we beat the Russians in that game is still one of the best nights of my life. Where were you? I was in New York City managing movie theaters, and I would leave the theater and go around to a little deli stand where they had a TV set about this big yeah. in black and white and just, you know, uh, stand there and watch it. I... I I will confess this now for the first time ever. Okay, Don Winslow. Okay, committed a crime. When they won the game to celebrate, I let people into the movie free. (laughs) (laughs) Which movie was it? Do you remember which movie it was? I'm not saying in case they sue me now for the lost funds. I want to say it was The Great Train Robbery with Sean Connery. Sean Connery, The Great Train Robbery. And you know what? 
during the we were running the great train robbery. You didn't ask me this, but Go I've had it. a lot of caffeine. Um, <laughs> I went out to check the line as one did, yes. right? Because uh-huh. the owner would make people stand out on line to pretend it was a successful movie, whatever the movie was. Yes. Winter's day, snowing, cold New York damp. I walk out on the line. Sean Connery is standing on the line with his wife. Come on. True. To, to buy, see the great train robbery. His own film to buy a ticket. I mean, that's a gentleman. To 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 spike up the uh, the gross? The no, I think and- I think he wanted to see the film. He wanted his wife to see the film on the big screen and and but he was not going to come in mm-hmm. and say I'm Sean Connery as if that's not obvious. Uh, you know, let me in. He was standing in line with everybody else to buy a ticket. Plus, he could probably care less about the uh, semifinal uh, for the uh, Miracle yeah. on Ice at that well, point. Well, it wasn't the same day. It was the same oh. film, but not the same day. Ah, I see what you're saying. You know, so oh. I, said, I thought it was literally the day that you went, that, that you were letting <laughs> no, no, people no. in. You let Sean Connery in for no, free, no, no, too. No, no. Which, by the way, I would have done any day of the week as and, well. Well, I did. I got him off the line. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course. You're smart to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that day, too, <clears throat> because we were trying to avoid finding out what the final score was by not turning on oh, the radio. Right. Because the game was played in the afternoon and yeah. then not aired on ABC till later that night. I remember. And like we would never be able to pull that off today. No. At all. I mean, couldn't. Yeah. Ever. It right. would literally be it like did you see up. it? We'd see you'd see the video of right. fifteen different plays. Exactly. Twenty eight people texting you, you know, about it. And then yeah. of course everybody's saying Al Michaels made up that miracle line, you know, and yeah. talking and immediately saying how right. much he's you know yeah. making this stuff up and yeah. that's the day and age we live in but i mean that miracle is a great movie my favorite sports movie of all time is hoosiers great film i love that movie yeah and we had david onsma on the oh, show did? we did yeah. and you know i'm a i'm a i'm a michigan guy so i okay. i dislike rudy as well which is why they're laughing they know where i'm going with this already <laughs> uh, I, I i i can't stand rudy um, right. Because I'm a Michigan guy. Michigan anything guy. anything that, that makes anything Notre Dame, like, hey, geographic, I, I, I right. find distasteful. Exactly. Um, so um, so uh, David Onspa, I've, I've told him about that, how much I dislike Rudy. He came on this show and told me that Rudy was like a Ken Burns documentary compared to Hoosiers. Totally made up <laughs> with the exception of the, non, the, the idea that this, this school... Uh, from funny. Indiana won a championship yeah. and that they sent and this perf- you're a perfect person to say this to they sent uh, Angelo Pizzo to yep. he sent him to the town because yep. he was the writer right. sent him to the town to go see what story could be made yeah. out of this idea yeah. that a small Indiana high school could win state right and he said he got a call back from Angelo saying, we got nothing. This place is boring. The story is boring. There's nothing. And they made everything up from the Gene wow. Hackman character yeah. to the Dennis Hopper character yeah. to, you know, Dentine, you yeah. know, smelling the gum. Yeah. Made it up out of a whole Made cloth. it up. You Would know? a screenwriter really make something up? I, I'm incredulous. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. You're shocked to hear this gambling <laughs> going on in Casablanca. You, yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's just, uh, but I, I guess that's the, the whole idea of just trying to make a story out of something that's yeah real based on something. Right. Yeah. You know? You've destroyed all my illusions. But how can you not like anything with Gene Hackman? He's, he's one of the greats of all time, right? You Did know, you ever come across his path in any no, way, shape, or form? No, but French Connection changed my life. I was a young teenager mm-hmm. and went into a movie theater in New York. Uh, and saw French Connection, mm-hmm. and I thought, man, if I could tell stories like that someday, mm-hmm. right, that would be the the perfect life. 
Well, and you're doing exactly that, sir. Uh, Don Winslow, get uh, City on fire. What do you say to all your uh, fans who are upset that you're retiring? What do you say to that? That it's time, you know. I mean, listen, this is a a great project to go out on. The the reviews immodestly have Mm -hmm. blown me away. You know, I've been I've been so thrilled with the reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be a second book and a third book. Mm-hmm. You know, the second book will yes. come out exactly a year from now. The third book a year from that. Okay. So to my fans, I say, there are two more books coming. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think without getting heavy about it, yes. there's another fight to fight right now, and and I want my time and energies to go more into that fight. And that's so, the political arena yeah, that you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, our democracy is at a, you know existential point. But to get back to this, you know, this is, I, I, start, I wrote the first sentence of this book 27 years ago. Get out of here. Yeah, this has been the work of my life. I've come back to it when I've had a chance, you know. And so it's a very personal book to me. Uh, it's an important book to me. Uh, I'm thrilled with the reaction, you know, so... Um, this is a good book to go out on, these three books. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. At Don Winslow on Twitter. I follow him. You should as well. At Don Winslow Films on Instagram. And uh, you will be seeing uh, a lot of his work over the, the next several months and years on the political front. And then, of course, City on Fire, a novel that is uh, already on fire in its own right. Get it where all books are acquired. Don, thanks for being here. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. A Don lot of Wins- fun. You bet. Right here, Don Winslow on The Rich Eisen Show. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. (laughs) Back Back here, everybody. Hey, everybody, Shad Khan has spoken to USA Today about Urban Meyer. Oh, Oh, no, uh no way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I got to see this or hear it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you remember remember when um, uh, goes so many different directions. Oh yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember when? Do you remember when? when no, this is recently. Oh, okay. This is recently where where um, uh, Urban showed up on a very unfriendly podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. It's the exact opposite of that. It was somebody who covered him for years in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, 
to refute the notion that he had no idea who Aaron Donald was, and that was the he athletic didn't story. He actually answer the question. He, he, well, no, he said he was just, well, he said he wouldn't dignify it. Like, well, it's so silly. Of course I know who that guy... Uh, uh, What's his name again? Aaron, Aaron Dickert. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Albert, Dick- Aaron. Albert Dickerson. I know all. Aaron I know. You can give me. He basically was like, give me a famous Aaron. Go for it. I know who he is. Hank Aaron. I know who he is. Aaron Boone. Know who he is. Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone. Good job. I know who Aaron Boone is. Aaron Eckhart. I know who he is. I've I've seen all of his. Uh, I've I have all of his albums. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Right. So uh, in the same podcast, Urban Meyer said the reason why he was fired, I believe we got fired. He says we. I don't know. Is that the royal we or 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 I think he's referring to his entire staff that he apparently demanded um, to um, defend their resumes. All of those folks got fired uh, because we didn't win enough games. We had good enough players to win games. We didn't do a good job. I've always been a person, you are what your record is. That's always been his oh, always. mantra. Yeah. We were 2-11, and 11. that's terrible. Now they lost 15 straight games before that, so it was a build. And I believe we would have turned it. I thought we turned it when we beat the Buffalo Bills. Remember that time they beat the Bills? I do. That was a yep. weird game. Unfortunately for the Bills, that's what helped put them in Kansas City as opposed to the other way around. But anyway, Shad Khan refutes the notion it was about wins and losses. Thank goodness. <laughs> Telling Jared Bell, the great Jared Bell of the USA Today, um, had nothing to do with that. Had to do with, get this, truthfulness. When you lose the respect, the trust, and an issue of truthfulness, how can you work with someone like that? It's not possible. Now, he went on to say the following. It was not about wins and losses. I think when you know someone is not truthful, how can you be around someone, okay? We had Doug Marone here for four years. Marone, by the way, went 25 and 44. We had Gus Bradley here for four years. He went uh, 14 and 48. Mm. Good Lord. I have nothing but the utmost respect and friendship with them. That's why they got the time, because it wasn't a matter about respect or truth. It was a matter of wins and losses over four years. This is much bigger than that. Now, here's what I love to have. That was the only quote that was in this piece that says, according to Jared Bell, the contract's not resolved. They're not paying Urban, and I guess Urban wants some scratch that I guess he'll get from Fox anyway when they put him on that set to talk about college football and being a winner <laughs> that'll be great television that's on you mike no, don't let it mike 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 you stay out of it i, I can say these things <laughs> i can say these things i just mixed the games. uh meyer apparently they they have not been able to strike a settlement agreement yet i don't know what there's to settle the person did not want to be identified because they are not authorized to speak on the matter the jaguars um are contending the coach was fired for cause a five-year contract that he signed in 2021 per multiple reports worth between 10 and 12 million dollars a year oh my god and for that amount of money we have a situation where we can't even guess where the breach of trust and respect came from because there's too many choices 
We can't even identify it. Normally, when a coach has lost the trust of ownership, you can kind of pinpoint with one finger. Oh, it was that moment. Uh, that happened. You know what moment it is for me. The plane. The flying home. Like tattoo. The yeah. plane. The plane. That was, that was crazy. The plane. The plane. The plane. The plane. The plane. He's not on the plane. He's not on the plane. Everyone's on the plane, but not the boss. Smiles, everyone. Yeah, well, that's what they tried. Smile. Hey, after that whole incident, they came back. Smiles, everyone. Smiles. Welcome to Fantasy Island, where a coach cannot go home with the team and stay behind and get caught with somebody not, well, we don't need to finish it because it had nothing to do with what we saw. Okay, look, I've been through these grounds before. But it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Shad Khan feels the need to publicly refute the notion of a coach saying, oh, I got fired because I couldn't win football games. And he's just like, no, you got fired because I thought you were a liar. Yeah, and an a-hole. That's why. I, and I'm not going to pay you a dime. That's the cause. The cause, is, the cause isn't just cause. It's because you were a liar. And we can't pinpoint exactly what he was lying about. Was it benching James Robinson? Was it kicking his kicker? Was what he told his quarterback about receivers like John Brown being too slow to pick up on an offense? Could it have been about the plane? Hey, I cleared it with somebody. Or, hey, I was going to do this. I was going to do that. Or, hey, I don't know who that person was in the bar. Can't pinpoint it. So there's that. That's the latest. And the next latest is going to be when the announcement comes that he's showing back up on television to talk about winning and culture and building winning cultures and kicking kickers. I'm sorry. I'll leave that last part out. (laughs) So there's the latest on that. Another story that's breaking right now is... um, Ryan Tannehill saying that the loss of the end of the season put him in such a dark place that he had gone to therapy before but felt this was the first time he really needed therapy to get out of the dark place that he was in, which is horrible to hear. Um, Wasn't informed of drafting uh, ahead of time about the drafting of Malik Willis, but he did text him to welcome him. And in the same breath, he feels that it is not his job to mentor him. That's the latest latest guy saying, welcome to the team. We're competing. He said if if he picks things up from him, that'll be the the way you go about it. And you know what? I remember a couple of years ago, Ben said that about Mason Rudolph. That's what I just said. Okay, Ben. I'm not here to mentor. That was Ben. And and you know, at the time I was critical of him. And I don't know why I feel differently about Tannehill, but it's just like, you know, you're you're 33. Okay, he's not at the end of his career. They trade. No, no, I know that they trade away your your top wide receiver. Okay, Julio Jones doesn't work out. You trade away your top wide receiver, and they draft your replacement. And you just came out of, um, you know, needing to talk about the end of the season loss with a professional. I don't blame him for having this approach where I bet you after hearing all the conversations about that 
season ender against Cincinnati and him needing to talk about this stuff, needing to build some walls, man. And focus on 17 to make 17 better and thus the team gets better. And the last thing he's going to do as he's trying to win football games, you know, Tennessee Titans opener is to make sure Malik Willis is up to speed. Hey, I'm trying to get ready for the game. I'm trying to do this. I'm doing that. I'm meeting with the coach. I'm meeting with this, I'm meeting with that. Take 15, 20 minutes to sit down and go, are you are you situated, Malik? Uh, I, I, I kind of don't blame him for that. Now, if Malik Willis comes up to him and asks some questions and he's just like, you know, pound sand, now that, right. that would be a difference. But they're all in the same quarterback room, and if he's going to pick up on things and ask questions, he'll get answers. But other than that, like, is he there to bring him along? Right. He's getting paid $29 million to win games. So. I know he's going to get some heat for that sort of conversation. I'm not here to mentor him. Make sure that that's the, yeah, I mean, he also said it's a deep scar, the loss. A lot of sleepless nights. Every time I closed my eyes was seeing it. I was in a dark place. Now he said it's fuel for me. Good luck to you on that, sir. And that it was a shock to lose A.J. Brown. I thought they were going to get it done just in my heart. I thought we were going to have A.J. here for a long time. Didn't work out. That is correct. Oof. Yeah, that's a Hey, man, I do remember on the Super Bowl set, Travis Kelsey saying, Alex Smith is gone. He's my guy. Traylon Burks could be the new guy. See how that goes. Oh, man, the NFL. Just fill the drama. Never stops. Filled with drama. Never stops. Tomorrow's show, Dennis Allen of the Saints. And also the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, on this program. He doesn't do this stuff very often, but... Never say never. <laughs> Thankfully, not the butt never. No, don't worry, Mike. Yeah, you, yeah, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. It's okay. <laughs> Chris Ballard of the Colts front office as well. That'll be on Wednesday's edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We're wrapping up on Peacock in a minute.